We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. Trying not to score everything with about 30, 33s or something. Yeah, I mean, we kind of felt that. We kind of feed off that energy. This place is amazing. Like, I, I really love, I really love Duke and I love I'm from in here. Mark Williams, beast mode. Paolo, first half, he had the cramping stuff. Fair enough. Beast mode. Beast mode. <laughs> I was going to say, if I couldn't find that intro, I was just going to have you just yell beast mode like four times. Beast mode. Beast mode. Jeremy Roach. Beast mode. Whoa! Oh, hold on, hold on, Zion, real quick, real quick, go on mute. Let me, uh, let me do the random real quick. Um, all right, everybody, welcome back to Crazy Cast. Duke knocks off Baylor, seventy-eight to seventy. Number ten Baylor at Madison Square Garden. Huge W, biggest W of the season. Uh, I said it on a different podcast. I thought it was as close to a must-win game as we possibly could get uh, in non-conference play. They did it. Great game from them. Um, Z, let's let's hear your thoughts, man. Walking fresh out of the garden. Okay, it's good to hear. Uh, yeah, we can soft. we can. It sounds like New York, but we can hear you. Hey, so I'll join later. I'll, I'll be back later. But um, good win, man. Good win. I'm very proud of Ryan Young. I know the Ryan Young uh, love is is beaming up in the chat. Cheers to the chat. Uh, shout out to Jeremy Roach, man. Jeremy Roach, this is his team. I'll be back later, though. Go, Duke. Go, win. Yeah, baby. Appreciate you, man. <laughs> uh, that is like that was like the epitome of like walking through New York trying to do a show where it just sounded muffled. You could see like the skyline. Yeah, that was just that was that was perfect. Um, all right, Russ, ambient off, man. noise. A bunch yeah. of bullshit ambient noise in the background there. Exactly. All right, you uh, you kick this off while I throw some comments up. Oh uh, boy, I mean. Um... Great, huge win. Huge, huge win. I, I, I'll i admit, I didn't think we were going to win without Proctor. I just didn't think it was going to happen. I thought Jacoby Walter was going to go ballistic. He's a 6'5", two-way player. We don't have a 6'5 guy <laughs> other than Proctor, really, who can defend like that. Uh, Foster did a pretty admirable job um, on defense today. I mean, the guards still have some issues here and there, but overall, they applied a lot of pressure today. I thought it was really good, you know, one or two spurts notwithstanding. Um, really, really good. I mean, we can get to the Ryan Young stuff. Look, you know what's going to be so funny is, and I was saying this beforehand, the, the discourse is going to be insane because in the first four minutes, Ryan Young put up a minus eight. Like, 
In the first four minutes he played, he put up a minus eight. He was a complete liability in those first four minutes. There's no, like the offense when he's out there is all compact because they're not even pretending to guard him. On defense, people are driving right at him because he's not a rim protector, right? So he was a complete liability. So then what happens the third time he comes in? I, I'm i a little upset on Twitter.com, X.com, according to like two people. And uh, I said, you know, we, we need a better plan than just run the exact same thing with Ryan Young because Ryan Young is not the same guy as Flip. He's just not. And that's okay. Uh, you know, I was looking just for a little more creativity from the staff in terms of, well, what are we, what are we going to do when he's out there? Uh, and you got to give him credit, man, on that third one. I think those first two, when he came out, I was going to tweet out something along the lines of like, Ryan's just getting in cardio. <laughs> like those first four minutes he played, it was cardio. But then after that, he was warm. He was ready. Uh, he made some huge box outs, huge offensive plays, smart passes, hustled. He, he did the Ryan Young shit. You know, he does what Ryan Young does. And I think he ended with a net positive. I think which when you start the game minus eight in four minutes, it is insane that in like three more minutes, four more minutes of play that you get to a net positive. That is absolutely bonkers. And it just, it shows you like the yin and the yang of Ryan Young, the young yin and yang, right? You have these really brutal stretches where the limitations are obvious and more specifically than the limitations being obvious, how it impacts our offense and defense is obvious. We're just better when flips on the floor. We just are always. And then we got the yang, we got the good stuff, right? We get the hustle, we get the smart play. Uh, clearly, the reasons why Shire throws him out there, right? Everybody on Twitter is screaming for Sean Stewart all game. Um, I was close. I was close. Shire clearly doesn't trust him right now. He's in the doghouse. I don't know what's going on. A lot of people were asking me what's going on. I don't know. I don't know. I'd love to see some Sean Stewart minutes. I would, but I tell you what, the, like the play, the pass out to Jared McCain, uh, those two like box outs where, where it was like all position. It was not at all athleticism or anything else. It was all just grit, determination and positioning. That's Ryan Young right? That's what he does. That's podcast boy, right? That's what podcast boy, podcast man brings to the table. You know, so I, uh, I still don't, despite that last stretch, I still would love to see the team find some creative stuff to do when Flip's not out there. It doesn't have to be Stewart. It doesn't, honestly, it doesn't even have to be young. I think they're interesting. Maybe Mark Mitchell at the five lineups you could run, there's like there's stuff you could do or just like make the offense look a little different um, yeah. try to mitigate the fact that there's way less spacing when you're playing Mark Mitchell and Ryan Young. Like there's no spacing when you're playing the two of them. So what did we do? We just had Jeremy Roach and that and now we get to the other thing. Jeremy Roach and Caleb Foster uh, and, and even Jared McCain, but Roach and Foster downhill more than them just made things happen today. I mean, they just made things happen. Um I thought they were they were moving the screens up higher past the key to create even more space when people were guarding the screener. I thought that was smart. Um, and then Roach is just on such a cosmic tear right now. I mean, like Roach is absolutely on one. And I uh, I would love to see it continue. I mean, this is why he came back, right? This is why it's good to have him back is exactly for this reason, you know? Yeah. Um, for big games like this. And he was so, so huge today. Massive, massive win.
Yeah, it was a great game, man. I, I think, like, obviously the recency bias of the game just ending and when Ryan Young's minutes were great, uh, were a lot of fun. But I think, like, you kind of brought up a little bit the freshman guards, man. McCann and Foster really came to play tonight, uh, kind of shouldered that burden of not having Proctor, uh, which was sorely missed. And I'm very interested to see how they – get him back and how the rotations and, and the offense looks with that. But uh, man, McCain dropping 21, I believe is what he ended with shot really well. They're running sets for him a lot in the first half. It looked really efficient. It looked awesome. Yeah. And we we're talked about that on this show for that for a while. Um, yeah. But, uh, and then Foster, when Foster gets downhill, man, I, he's one of the best, he's one of the best guards that this uh, probably in the ACC uh, in general, when it comes to getting downhill, we'll see come into to conference play, but I'm not going to say in the country, but like when he gets downhill, man, he's dangerous. You saw it multiple times, fast break wise. And then uh, when uh, down the stretch there in the half court offense, he just drove the lane and, and was very, very efficient there as well. So that's awesome to see. And then I just, I got to apologize to, to Jeremy Roach, man. I, I, uh, I was wrong. I was wrong. I, I said at the beginning of the season, I, I tried to make a hot take by saying that I, I'm not sure he would be in my starting my starting lineup. And I think he scored over like 16 points in the last four or five, six games, something like that. Uh, so shout out to to Jeremy Roach, just being the captain that we needed him to be, especially with Tyrese Proctor going down uh, defensively. He hasn't looked as bad, um, but just offensively coming up clutch and making some big plays late in the game is what we needed. And so there's my official apology to Jeremy Roach. Uh, thank you for uh, your service to this team and this squad. The emotion that Roach was showing was vintage Roach as well. So that was cool to see. And let's just hope it can continue because if Roach is playing the way he does, even when Proctor comes back, uh, then this team becomes even more dangerous. So uh, very excited about it. The one thing uh, I saw a question, if we want to get into a question already, I think it's a, a great one to ask who is this team's best player russ flip easy next i mean like that, that's not a hard question at okay, all who's this okay i'm gonna yeah i still think you're gonna say no question but who's this team's most important player even even Probably, more yeah, obvious flip. Flip. Yeah. even more obviously flip like yeah. the people who like look roach has been massive for the offense i think there's no question right like you yeah. can't deny the degree to which he's been huge, but like the on off numbers don't lie. Like flip in terms of plus minus, according to CBB analytics, who's a sponsor, I'll do a sponsor read later. Uh, he's plus plus one twenty five on the season. That's 98th percentile in the country. That's double the next player on Duke, right? Double yeah. the next player, his net rating. We are 19.7 points per 100 possessions better when he is on the floor, that's 87th percentile in the country. That's before today's game, by the way. Like, those numbers oh, wow. will improve. Uh, our offense is 11 points per uh, 100 possessions better when he's on the floor. And our defense is almost nine points better per 100 possessions when he's on the floor. I mean, we've seen over and over again, when he goes out, it gets dicey. It gets dicey very quickly. Um Roach is a monster. Don't get me wrong. Like Roach's offense is the second most important on the team by uh by a good margin. His defense still a net negative uh, according to the numbers. He did play very well today. Um, so maybe those numbers will improve. Um, but yeah, flip like because Roach. If Roach goes out, you still have Foster. You still have McCain. When Proctor's healthy, you have Proctor. When Flip is out, you have nobody. Like. Yeah. You have Ryan Young for a, a few minutes here and there. Um, Sean Stewart, if they ever play him. <laughs> Christian Reeves, if he's healthy. But, like, none of those options are flip. 
don't, none of yeah, them are flip. Don't, don't say Reeves. <laughs> no, none of those options are flip at all. You know, by the way, everybody who is listening to this on Twitter, go to YouTube, go to the link, uh, watch us on YouTube, leave comments. Oh, like you can't leave yeah, comments when you're watching on Twitter, go to YouTube. And if you're watching on YouTube, hit the thumbs up, right? I see a lot of, I see a lot of people watching on Twitter right now. And thank you for watching, you know, but I also want to hear from a lot of you guys. We love having the comments. Um, and I know the number right now on Twitter is really high number on YouTube less. So head over to YouTube. Um, we would love that. And like I said, hit that subscribe, hit the thumbs up, comment how smart and attractive we are. Do all of those things. Um, and while you're doing that, Ryan, because I just did a CBB analytics stat, let me do a little ad read, if you do not mind. Yeah, get it in, man. Uh, because, man, I just cited CBB Analytics. Look, it's my favorite site to break down stats. You can tell now on this show. I cite it all the time. There's so many different splits. Last five games, last 10 games, home and away. Color-coded percentiles make it super easy to understand what the numbers are saying. You see people post on the shot, shot, shot charts. Jesus. Learn how to speak when you're doing an ad read, Russell. You've seen people on Twitter posting the shot charts they're the best shot charts available they have on off stats as i've already cited light up combination stats it's an insane amount of info any serious fan should subscribe to cbb analytics we have a discount code crazy c-r-a-z-i-e when users sign up you get 40 dollars off once again the code is crazy c-r-a-z-i-e and i should also point out if you go to home field and use c-r-a-z-i-e you might get a little uh <laughs> little sweetener there too but cbb analytics man they're awesome I want to cite something that's very, very interesting that I think might lead to some interesting conversation that I got from CBB Analytics that I've talked about a little on Twitter already. And it's about our rebounding, specifically our non-flip rebounding. Like we are a very, very good rebounding team, generally speaking, when flip is on the floor. In fact, we're an elite defensive rebounding unit. Um, and we've seen that. That's borne out over the course of the season. But we saw a number of times today when flip went to protect the rim, which is what he's supposed to do. It left the weak side open. And then they got a number of second chance opportunities. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how many. I was keeping track at one point. Um, I will find out very quickly. Second chance points, 15. Uh, I think in the first half it was 11. So we clearly did better in the second half. And here are some interesting numbers, okay? So on the season, when Mark Mitchell is out, when Mark Mitchell is not on the floor, Duke is 12.5% better uh, in terms of their offensive rebounding rate when he is out. And we are 3.6% better defensive rebounding rate when Mark Mitchell is out. And even in the last five games where Mitchell has been playing clearly better, Duke is 5.8% better on the offensive glass when Mitchell's out, 10.6% better on the defensive glass when Mitchell is out. For whatever reason, we are not rebounding nearly as well when Mark Mitchell is on the floor. Meanwhile, Caleb Foster whose numbers don't pop on the rebounding side, right? They don't. Duke is 9.1% better on the offensive glass when Caleb Foster is on the floor, and we are 6.3% better on the defensive wow. glass when Caleb Foster is on the floor. And those percentiles, um, I had them up at one point. They're high. Um, I mean, for the full season, Caleb Foster, yeah, 95%. I think those numbers were right, weren't they? Maybe it includes Baylor now. My numbers might have changed. Anyway, it's really, really good is my point. Um, or maybe those were last five games that I just read. Those are last five games of Caleb Foster, which again makes sense because 
that's when Caleb has been playing a lot more. And yeah, 94th percentile impact player on the offensive rebounding glass, 86th percentile on the defensive glass. Insane. Right? Yeah. Wow. So the question becomes like, what is Duke going to do as we saw today during that Misi run when A, when Flip is off the floor and B, even when Flip is on the floor, Roach, McCain and Foster aren't, they're not stoppers. They're good at applying pressure. Right. But a lot of times players are getting by and we're used to that with Mark Williams and Derek Lively. Right. We let the players drive in the big guy stops him. Right. Flip's trying and flips done pretty well. I think at the half, I think I tweeted Baylor was shooting like 36% from two. That's really good. Like they shoot like 54% from two on the season. That's very, very good. Right. So then what do we do when flip is contesting or when flip is out on the weak side, we've got to, who's our second best rebounder, right? Who's our weak side rebounder. I think it's supposed to be Mark. Mark was a good rebounder last season. Yeah. This season, the impact's not there. The guards have had to pick up a lot more of the slack. We've seen Foster. I know McCain had a double-digit rebound game at some point this season. Uh, I thought Roach was sort of in in a lot of very savvy spots tonight. I don't know what he ended up with. Um, Only three rebounds, but he got at least one really crucial one. Um, I think when we play bigger teams, we have to solve this problem. And I I don't think the answer is just play Flip and Young together. No. So what I don't do we do? So yeah, I, I don't have an answer for that. I, I, but I do think your point is valid. And I don't know how many teams in the ACC are going to be able to whip out guys like that. And especially come March, like if there's a lot of March will be the interesting uh, dynamic to that because of you get longer athletic, more athletic teams there. But uh, yeah, the Mark Mitchell not being a good rebounder this season is quite weird, especially for a guy who spends a lot of time around that area. Um He's just, it, he, I think at that point, it's just like, we, you have to trust Mark. You have, Mike, Mark has just has to play better. And, and I think Mark has to play better in a lot of areas right now. That's just one of them. Um, watching watching teams sit back basically in the paint while he has the ball in the perimeter is quite concerning. Uh, it's And it's valid. It's warranted. He, he can't hit a shot from the outside right now. Uh, but it, it really does disrupt the offense as well. So I think Mark needs to do a lot of stuff. Uh, better than what he's doing right now and and on the glass is one of them. Somebody who's as physical as he is and, and has the bounce that he does, there's no reason why he shouldn't be a rebounding contributor like he expect like we expected him to be. Um so sweet. Any other CBB analytic stats or are we uh we good to keep moving? Go, well I almost spilled beer on my home field uh hoodie oh, which uh, which would have been really tragic. I mean this is a uh, Garnet lager you know this is a dark beer that's not what you want on a light hoodie. <laughs> Um, no, I'm sure I'll cite some other CBB analytics throughout. Um, the Sean Stewart thing is very interesting is the comment that you just posted, uh, said, I would love to see people's thoughts in the YouTube comments. By the way, since I said that a bunch of people migrated over to YouTube, I love that. If you're watching on Twitter, come on over to YouTube so you can leave some comments. Um, yeah, I think real quick on the Sean Stewart thing. I think the one thing that's frustrating for me, especially when, when Ryan Young was, uh, not playing as well as he was in the last four minutes. Great. Fine with that. Like that's probably going to, unfortunately, I don't want to say unfortunately, but that's going to get him more of those minutes going forward. I just, when it comes to athletic teams like, uh, like Baylor, I just don't see what the point is in not trying Stewart for a little bit. Like, and, and when we've watched him play, it's not like he's been phenomenal, but it's not like he's been very, very bad either. Like, it's not like, Oh my gosh, get this guy out of here. He's ruining it on both sides of the ball. Like I just, I think, and tonight we, I think power got in for like a minute, but otherwise we had a seven man rotation. That's all it ended up being. And 
for now, that's fine because Proctor's going to come back and it makes it eight. So it's not super concerning depth wise. I just, I'm a big fan of in early season games to, to get younger guys who you, who you think are going to be around on your roster for a couple of years to get them in now and get them this experience. Yeah. And I think tonight would have been a perfect night for it. it. It worked out in the end. Young played really well. I get that. Just, I want to see a little bit more. I don't, I don't think he's hurt, um, but maybe just not getting the effort out of, out of practice or, or whatever it may be. But um, he's just so athletic and bouncy that he can play and guard all positions. It just seemed like a perfect game for him to play. And we just didn't see him. My boy, uh, Jim Roots from Three Man Weave, I was tweeting, uh, or I was texting with him earlier. Shout out to Jim. Uh, and we were talking about Sean Stewart a little bit. And I, I was like, man, you know, we're just not playing him much. Uh, and Jim was like, you know, what would have really been good to play him would have been against LaSalle or Bucknell or Southern Indiana or, you know, like any of these games where we just kind of farted around for a half plus. <laughs> and then by the time the second half came around, the, the minutes are so limited. Yeah. Um, it says he seems to have a positive impact while on the floor. He definitely has a positive defensive impact. Uh, I don't have the off. He's also just played so little that the on-off stats aren't going to say a lot, uh, right? I mean, like, he's played 75 minutes. But, like, his impact uh, on offense is not positive right now, you know, in those 75 minutes. It is on defense, but, yeah, that's uh, – I think – and that's got to be the issue, right? Like – he sort of does have that like baby giraffe energy out there where like you can tell he's super good, um, but he's not quite like uh, putting it all together yet. He's young. He'll figure it out. Uh, I'm a big yeah. believer, but to your point, Ryan, yeah, like especially in games where we're blowing teams out or, or up by 15 or whatever, like yeah and and to address this comment like lively was slated to get the 15 to 25 minutes a night prior to the season and he was seven foot tall like we needed a rim protector it's a little bit different situation uh, also lively was like one of the hurt. top recruits in the country right like yeah there's a little bit different pedigree coming in and Stewart was too it's different class and everything but lively was also hurt and like he he was going to get those minutes yeah. regardless I, I think it's it's quite a bit different of a, of a situation i love the the optimism jonathan i hope you're right but i think uh at this point it's not likely that he's going to get the minutes lively did coming off of that injury um the yeah one other comment that I saw that uh, I think is is valid that is as a, a I say former basketball I played I played high school basketball. It's a little <laughs> oh, I wanted who was the who was the ESPN guy once that like brought up that he played basketball and then he got cooked because he played like three minutes a game for a community college. Was that Skip Bayless? I think, might have been Skip. I, I don't skip. remember. No, Somebody but it, it just like, like I. I played sports in my day. And if I'm doing something poorly, I'm going to work on it a lot and I'm going to make adjustments and I, I'm not, it is what it is, but like the fact that yeah. Mitchell's shot is still like a, a complete line drive to me and it's not arcing any more than it did last year or at the beginning of this or to start this season is like mind boggling. Like, so yeah. I, I just, I don't know if the staff is just like, do what you got to do. And the, the and if you make it in the NBA, they'll fix it or like what's going on. But like somebody should, they need to have one of those, uh, those shooting things with the nets on them. They have to shoot over those to, to, to yeah. make it in. Like, I forget what those are called, but the, the shooting assist things, there's no reason why his shot should look this flat this far into the season when teams are literally sagging into the paint on him, which causes so many other issues. I just, I can't fathom the fact that uh, yeah. it, at least the arc hasn't changed at all. I don't care if they're falling, but if the arc is still, a line drive it to me is, is mind boggling. Yeah. 
And you're right, sarcastic intent. Jalen Rose said it to Skip. Uh, heartbreaking. The worst person in the world just made an excellent point. You know. Um, by, the, by the way, there's 38 thumbs ups on here. Look at these handsome devils. There's 38 thumbs ups, but 145 of you watching. Hit that thumbs up, boy. What are you yeah, doing? We appreciate that. Um, um, yeah. Real I, quick, real quick. But I, I don't. Well, but what, I don't what you were saying, like, I, he's. Uh, I, it's. It's. It's in its. It's in his head. Yeah. Like he's got the yips. Clearly he's in his head. Um, I liked today. People were really mad that he shot those two shots today. I liked that he shot them because he has to shoot them. Like, yeah. unfortunately, like we're going to see two to three ugly Mark Mitchell shots a game, but if he doesn't shoot them, then he'll never make them. And the spacing will never improve. Exactly. So he's got to shoot his way out of this to some it can't extent. Get worse, right? They're, st- they're already sagging off into the paint. It can't, it can't get, worse. get any worse. Yeah. He has to shoot open threes. Um, I think a lot of it's in his head. The hitch is really bad. It's worse than it was last year. Yeah. Um, he's making his free throws. I mean, like, I forget. I don't have the numbers. I I minimized it. Uh, but his numbers from the free throw line, I think, are pretty good on the season. Um, I'm pulling them up. Okay. Uh-huh. Uh, I mean, seventy percent. It could be. It could be better. It, it might might be up after today a little bit. But like if you're shooting 70% from the free throw line you're you're not a shooter uh that's like shooting seven uh, he's shooting less than 6% from 3 right now. Like <laughs> he's he's got to shoot his way out of it. It's the Jack White thing. I think it's in his head. I think it's just in his head straight up. Yeah. Um, just, also also to... you can't change your you can't change your stroke in the middle of the season like this. You don't like, need to change your stroke just put just pop it up more. Like you just just have that's a that's a big change, dude. That's a big change. He's been a line drive shooter forever. Like you're you're basically saying, all right, how you've been shooting forever, just do it a little different. But that's a change. That's a notable change. It is, you but know? in the form, I don't think it's it's as much change as like where he's. I think it's just a, a higher release point at that point. And yeah, it's a change. Sure, anything's gonna be a change at this point. But like, it's not working. So I'm sorry. I like a change is is necessary um all right i mean I, I agree a change is necessary maybe maybe over the break right after the queens or like during this two-week stretch or whatever when all we've got is queens yeah maybe he can put up some threes but like i just i'm not expecting the threes to fall this year from mark i'm not expecting i hate to say it i'm obviously not expecting him to go pro at the end of the year i mean i i, I don't know what he does to change it other than like he can be the guy who fights with energy whenever we see the dunking it's great uh when he's hustling down low when he's fighting when he's playing physical he is making a positive impact now on the defensive end he wasn't earlier that's great um yeah but at least jack white's looked good <laughs> yeah you know yeah, the uh, there. yeah well, i don't yeah, march just go home over winter break go to a double rim at his local park and just shoot all day until he's not missing and and give it a go um I just think, but, I just, I think it's I in here. Like he, no. it, it might be like, I forget who it was, whether it was Dwight or Shaq, or it was one of the big guys. I think it was Dwight where they said, oh, in practice, he makes like 90% of them. Or whatever. <laughs> but then when you're in the game and he's shooting free throws, like he's remembering all the free throws that he's missed and it's messing with him. And it only takes one miss to, to have that continue throughout the game as well. Um, so he's, right. so he's got to keep shooting the last couple of games. He would have wide open shots and then like hold it and be like, what do I do here? 
At least today, the two shots he took, they were in rhythm. He caught the ball. He didn't hesitate. He shot. Neither of them were very close, but it, but that's what he needs to do. He can't be sitting and thinking, do I shoot now? He has to try it. Yeah. Yep. Absolutely. Um, okay. So this team, since Proctor's gone out, uh, I believe are undefeated, obviously playing some yes. lesser competition. I would give, uh, well, the, he, he basically did not play the Georgia tech game at all. Yeah. So, I mean, true, you could, true. you could say we're not undefeated in, in that regard. Yeah. Okay. Good point. But we'll take it after his injury undefeated, uh, three, no, I believe is what it is. Uh, incorporating him back into this thing with Roach playing as well as he has. And Roach, I feel like has primarily been the on the ball guy. Uh, I'm just, I'm not saying we should keep it that way, but I'm just curious as to how the staff's going to do this. Cause it's not like we're playing it unbelievable. And it's like, Oh, um, what are they, what was, what's the term you use? Um, addition by subtraction or whatever. Like I I don't buy that at all. When it comes to Proctor, we want him back. He's going to, it's going to, we're going to be better with him back. Just curious as to how things are going to go and what the staff is going to do when when he does come back. Because I think it's going to be sooner rather than later, it looks like at this point. Well, I still think that Jeremy does a lot of his best work as the secondary option. We saw Caleb running the point a lot tonight. Um, you know, and then and then once yeah. the action is going, they'll and we needed an ISO, we'd get it to Jeremy, and then he makes his magic happen. Which is wild. Yeah. Which is which is wild. It it definitely helps that Roach and Flip have pretty good chemistry at this point. Yeah. And when and especially when Flip is out there, the floor is just so spaced. I mean, like Misi was having to guard him past the three point line on those screens, and then Roach just had a, a clear lane. And like, if there's one thing that Roach has been good at, is yeah. if you give him the space, he will finish. He will make it. If it's crowded, it's harder. But that's also true for everybody. But yeah, yeah. Fo- as Will says, Foster's been the one with the ball. Generally speaking, I, I, I don't know. I think that you have to put him back in. I think you have to put him back in the way Foster has been playing though. Like, like it's, it's hard to decide who to bench if it's not Mitchell and like Mitchell is still really good and important for a lot of things in terms of size and position that we have. Um, I don't know that. Yeah. I mean, like Monty says four guard lineup, you, you might consider it. You might consider it. I, I, I don't know if it can be your primary, uh, like getting the most minute rotation or, or lineup that you have out there. But like at this point, if you, that's four guys that, that pull everybody out of the paint, right? Like if you have, if you play, what are they before out then flip, flip runs the post and the baseline or, or runs the pick and rolls and, and does some pin downs for the, uh, for the shooters. I just think it could be really good defensively. It might burn us a little bit with some bigger team or some, with some bigger post players, but I, I just don't see why that's not something you at least run out there for a few minutes, every game, just to, to see if it works and at least make the defense respect your shooting, respect your perimeter play. Uh, it just gives you a lot more to work with. than I think you, what you have with Mitchell on offense, but then you lose him on, on defense as well. Do you know, do you know how many possessions we've run with the four guard lineup and flip? We're driven by the search for better, but when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed. Indeed is your matching and hiring platform with over 350 million global monthly visitors, according to Indeed data, and a matching engine that helps you find quality candidates fast. Ditch the busy work. Use Indeed for scheduling, screening, and messaging so you can connect with candidates faster. Leveraging over 140 million qualifications and preferences every day, Indeed's matching engine is constantly learning from your preferences, so the more you use Indeed, the better it gets. 
Join more than 3.5 million businesses worldwide that use Indeed to hire great talent fast. And listeners of this show will get a $75 sponsored job credit to get your jobs more visibility at Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Just go to Indeed.com slash BlueWire right now and support our show by saying that you heard about Indeed on this podcast. That's Indeed.com slash BlueWire. Terms and conditions apply. Need to hire? You need Indeed. It's only a kick. A jump. A block. It's only a serve. It's only a tackle. A run. It's only for the fans. After all, it's only pressure. You got this. Adidas. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Jewelry isn't a gift you give just once. It's a way to remind your loved one of a beautiful moment every time they see it. Blue Nile can help you find the gift that says how you feel and says it beautifully with expert guidance and a wide assortment of jewelry of the highest quality at the best price. Go to BlueNile.com and experience the convenience of shopping Blue Nile, the original online jeweler since 1999. That's BlueNile.com to find the perfect jewelry gift for any occasion. BlueNile.com like two three <laughs> nine nine yeah three minutes i remember like clamoring for it earlier in the season and then we finally did it and it was like yeah we did it and then we just never saw it again so i mean for those nine possessions in those three minutes it yielded very nice results who was it against i don't even know i'm on cbb okay. analytics which okay. is a great website code crazy c-r-a-z-i-e by the way i saw we bumped up uh thumbs ups here on youtube which is great but we still have uh, way more people watching than thumbs up. So please hit that thumbs up. Yeah, and if you're on Twitter, nice. come on over to quote Christina um, Aguilera. Okay. One thing I tease on Twitter is talking about uh, uh, ACC play. Go, what are our expectations going forward with this? I know we have a game against Queens after the break, which is interesting. But for the first game of ACC play, we take Syracuse on at home. Your Not boy's going to be there. First time back at Cameron in like 13 years. I'm super excited about it. If anybody's going to be there at the Syracuse game, hit me up. I'll come, I'll say hi and whatnot, whatever. But um, looking forward to that, going on there with my wife. It'll be fun, little Christmas gifts. But what do we expect going into ACC play? And what are what's your uh, ACC record prediction? Uh, if you can pull up the schedule, we should yeah, probably. I mean, by the way, we could definitely play four guards against Syracuse. Oh, absolutely. That's, that's yeah. definitely one where we could um, try. But anyways, what do you want to see going into ACC play? What kind of record are you looking at to get us to the seed we need? Because I think, like, outside of running the table the rest of the year, like a top two C is going to be pretty tough to come by um, with the resume we built in non-conference. So yeah, expectations going in and what your record prediction is. Well, the the non-conference isn't the problem. The problem is the Georgia Tech loss. That's the problem. Uh, That's a Q3 loss. That's um, probably going to stay a Q3 loss unless they really – figure some shit out. I mean, they're 160th in net. Wow. 
Um, so and that's real quick, everybody, that's, everybody watching on YouTube, give me your uh, ACC placement prediction and record if you want. But let's, where do you think uh, Duke places yeah. in the ACC? First, second, third, we winning it all. What are we doing? Give me your yeah. Thoughts. So to so. Uh, to answer your question in a roundabout way with something else that I wanted to talk about also, I think there's a good time to sort of piggyback your question here. Um, Duke really, really needed this win today. Uh, you know, if we don't have this win, our out of conference schedule is we're one and two against Q1 with a Q2 loss uh, at Arkansas. Yep. But with the Baylor win, we're two and one. Uh, with and Baylor is a top uh, like 16 17 net team um yeah. so that's huge to have that that's definitely going to stay and they're I yeah they're in a good conference where yeah they'll be playing good games all the time so yeah and it and it helps and it helps everything else too because like like Georgia Tech's net will improve based on the fact that like our net will improve from having beaten a good team the problem once you get into the ACC I tweeted out the numbers earlier today I forget what they'll end up being, they're obviously going to change. But when I tweeted it out, the ACC is like nine and 26 against Q1 teams and something like 11 and seven against Q2 teams. They have like nine Q3 losses, five Q4 losses. Uh, it's an embarrassment. Um, there are more, there are just as many Q3 losses as there are team, or there's just as many teams with Q3 losses as there are teams with Q1 wins. You know, that's not, good now some of them are the same like us but that's still really bad and then once you're in conference play then it's hard to make the net go up too much because you're just beating other teams that have a low net there's yeah. only two top 25 teams in the acc in the net right now we're one of them and we were at 25 in this game there's five top 40 teams but again like i don't think Pitt will stay there we're, you're looking at like four top 40 teams right so we're not going to have a lot of opportunities in conference play so us winning this game will help make the teams that do beat us because <laughs> we'll lose a couple of teams it'll uh, it'll make them better yep. it'll bump them up right <laughs> and it'll make it more likely that maybe some of those losses aren't as objectionable so winning this game versus losing this game massive can't be overstated um uh, in terms of what i expect in acc play um you know ken palm has it at a at a 14 and 6 prediction uh i mean gross. i think that's pretty fair no. i mean 14 6 15 5 somewhere in there i mean 14 and 6 or 15 and 5 and in fact it actually just updated to 15 and 5 we're now up to 8 in ken palm because yeah. they just included the Baylor game. So Ken Palm projects us to win the ACC at 15 and five. Um, 14 and six would probably tie for first, I would think. Um, yeah. I'm not saying they're not going to, but you think UNC is going to lose six games? Yeah, I do. I, I think um, they definitely could. I think six, six losses uh, in conference play and tying for first in a bad conference like us is just not like that's like a probably a four seed in the tournament unc is one and three against q1 opponents i mean like their resume is very mid it's aggressively like six seven seed kind of deal like pro uh, honestly maybe more like seven eight seed right now now they're beating oklahoma by 10 so that might change um yeah, I think they'll lose six games in the ACC on some bullshit <laughs> in the same way that we will lose 
five or six games on some bullshit. Like UNC shouldn't lose more than like four games, but that's also, that depends. Like, do you believe in Hubert's coaching? Yeah. You know, um, I'm sure the people who don't like Duke would say, well, do you trust Shire's coaching in some of these games? <laughs> um, there are coaches that are very established and, and have done well. Coaches like Tony Bennett, coaches like Jim Laranaga um, that we'll have to face. Um, yeah. Brad Brownell has done a very good job this year, obviously. Um, yeah, now luckily we only play Clemson once and it's at home. We only play Virginia once and it's at home. Helps. Definitely helps. Yeah, those are two of the four teams right there. That also makes those like can't lose games, obviously. But um, yeah, yeah, uh, I think I mean, that losing five is fair. Uh, I think I already targeted at the beginning of the year which ones I thought we would lose. We've already lost one, obviously. <laughs> yeah, I think we lose one to Carolina. You know, I I, I think it's just a, a a split kind of year, and then maybe we play them in the ACC tournament and beat them there. Yeah. Um. I think losing to either Clemson or Virginia at home is probably like, again, if, if we're at 70 to 75% at beating each of them, odds of losing to one of them aren't bad. Um, yeah. And then you have to just consider like some, some bullshit games, right? Like we play between playing Clemson on a Saturday and UNC at UNC the next Saturday, we play at Virginia tech. I don't know why that's celebrating that on my screen. <laughs> what did you just do? <laughs> Is it when I put it one finger up? Do I get balloons? No. I don't know what it, I don't know what that was. That's anyway, the point being, like that's the kind of bullshit game. Obviously, we play state at state right before we play Carolina. That's another one that feels dangerous. And then certainly yeah. we have that stretch of three away games in a row where we've got FSU away, Miami away, Wake Forest away. I mean, odds are very strong we lose one of those games. Yeah. Right. So uh, I think losing five to six feels right. I still think that's good enough to come in first or tie in first. Um, that's my super so, long what, answer, right? What's your official prediction of a record and placement? I think f first. I think first. Okay. And then, uh, I mean, losing four more games. I mean, I just detailed a lot of traps. Yeah. No, there's, there's plenty of them on the schedule. It's just this. ACC is just so hard to predict with the yeah. how down it is. I think I'm in the same boat as you. I think you're you're hovering around that 15 and five range, maybe 14 and six. Yeah, I think losing four or five more games feels right. Um, you know, but if we finish 15 and five, we finish 24 and seven on the season. Um, I mean, I'll look at Bart Torvik right now to see where that puts our resume, but like. It still might be a three seed. You know, it still might be something very – like if you win the ACC, only lose seven total games, as long as one of the losses isn't to like Louisville or some horse shit or Notre Dame or whatever. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, um, he has us projected at, uh, you know, winning five Q1 games, four Q2 games. Um, Boy, he doesn't like one of the losses we've already – he might think Arkansas is going to slip further. Then they definitely could. Uh, yeah, I think for me, the the biggest, the early season, the early schedule that we have in the ACC is, is in my opinion, very light and easy. And so I'm hoping that what we can get out of that is what? <laughs> no, that means we're going to lose one of them. Is what it means. I mean, we always we always lose a terrible game in January. We always yeah. You, you go on the road to Notre Dame, terrible team. You go on the road to Pittsburgh, you cannot lose at Notre Dame. You yeah, can, the, we can lose at Pitt certainly. Um, um, 
I don't think Pitt's good. Let's be clear. Somebody says peace sign equals balloons. Do do peace sign. It's on your iPhone. Are you on your iPhone? Am I on my iPhone? Do your peace sign. Man, there's oh, there it is. <laughs> he was right. We'll give him we'll give him props. Well, it's not a, it's not on my iPhone, but uh, it's on my it happened computer. Happened with someone on ESPN last week. That's hilarious. Um, anyways, so we start, <laughs> off, start off with Syracuse at home. I think it's a W. I think Proctor's back by then. It might be an ugly W, like getting Proctor re-established uh, in the lineup and, and on offense. Um. Then we go at Notre Dame, a game you just can't lose. They're a bad team, should win that game. At Pittsburgh is a little bit, um, yeah, you never know. But, like, I, I still think it's, it's – They've got a, one guy. Yeah, exactly. A game that you win. Georgia Tech at home, W. Pittsburgh at home again, then W. At Louisville, W. Clemson at home. I'm calling it a W. Virginia Tech on the road, maybe your first L. I, I mean, that's a huge I hate playing crap. there. I hate watching us play there. If our first loss in January comes January 29th, I will be blown away. Like, that has nothing to do with Duke and has everything to do with just what always happens. Yeah, no, I, I, I don't – yeah, you're right. Like, but when I look at it, the only two games that I could possibly see us – like, realistically, we could lose any game. But, like, if you really think about it, the, the Pittsburgh on the road game and then Clemson at home are the two games that are, like – maybe iffy otherwise that's all that's it like yeah but that's what that's what you bake in though right like you it's hard you can never call which you can never call which games you're actually going to lose but you can make a really good approximation right we've lost one we will lose one carolina game probably that's the the virginia tech game is is a big trap game because it's one of those trap games right so that's three i think we will lose you got, you got UNC after that, which is a, definitely looking ahead game. So I think the Virginia Tech is a trap game. And then you have the the NC State game, the last game, or the second to last game uh, of the season before UNC. Another trap game that I could see us losing. I, I'm going to go 15-5, and five, winning the conference. I, I'm not afraid of Virginia. Uh, UNC, I think, will slip a little bit. Um, there's sounds like a little turmoil in that locker room that Zion kind of hinted at on his Twitter I feed. mean, they're playing very well tonight. Yeah, that's well. fine. Um, so yeah, I think 15 and five and, and who knows, maybe that, that UNC Duke game at the end of the season is going to be to decide the conference. You never know, um, which would be I, insane. I don't think so. I think, I think Clemson, Clemson has three Q1 wins. Clemson has by far the best resume right now. But that doesn't mean, that doesn't mean anything for ACC. I'm just talking like standings wise, like you don't know. Sure. But, but this is one of the rare, this one of the rare years where Clemson, um, actually like played teams out of conference and did really well sure right like they beat alabama at alabama they beat tcu neutral court they they almost beat memphis at memphis which is crazy they beat pittsburgh at pittsburgh pretty soundly um yeah i mean i think that clemson is the real threat assuming they all stay healthy um i think I also just I, – I know they just got the absolute brakes beat off them. I refuse to count out Virginia. <laughs> like, <laughs> like Virginia is just such a pest. And every year I – I think I've said it on here, eight out of the ten last years they finished top two in the conference. I mean, yeah. like, yeah. you know. Yeah. Ray says right. no shot that we, that we get a one seed. Sure, there's a shot uh, if we went out. Yeah, I think with the win out, win AC tournament. I think if you take a loss, I think if you take an L in January and then win out too, I think you're there's a chance. But I think otherwise, it's, it, one loss might even be pushing it at this point. I think if we lose, so if we lost three more games, we'd only have six losses. 
That 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 might be enough. Could be. If we lost, if we lost only two games, because if we finish with five losses only, that means we probably went. We probably have like eight Q one wins. I yeah. Mean, like we've got a really good resume at that point. Plus, it's Duke. Like we just kind of have to acknowledge that, like we get a little bit of a like hint, hint because we're Duke, you know. So, yeah, um, yeah I think it's feasible. There he is. is. Real, real quick, Z. But let me let me finish this real quick. The most flattering camera angle I've ever seen in my life. <laughs> you're you're muted. He's also muted, bro. My guy. Awesome. Uh, <laughs> Dude, leave up. Leave the frozen screen like this. <laughs> I'm gonna, I'm gonna do him a favor. I'll do him a favor. Oh no! I want to. Oh, hold on, hold on. I'm good. I'm good. There we go. All right, hold on, real quick though. Uh, the number one seed thing. The only thing I'm, I'm worried about. You got to go Purdue, Kansas, Arizona, UConn are all teams that'll be vying for it. Uh, well, so that's another roadblock. Yeah, Anyways, that's true. Z, what's going on, man? How's uh, what, what's New York doing for you? Y'all hear me? Yeah, yeah I'm clear. Am I here? I don't see myself on the screen. You're Probably you're better. you're there, and you have a hilariously oh. low camera angle. It's great. Nah, I'm I'm just in the train station. Um, what y'all what what y'all talking about? Yo, I just saw Stanley Borden. Just I just walked by him. I don't know why he's leaving with his family, but maybe they uh. <laughs> is he, all is he playing in. saxophone in the subway station? I don't know. Nah, I just see him outside the subway station, but it was kind of weird. Um, but right, yeah, say, let's, get, let's get your thoughts, man. That's what we're that's what you're here for. Let's hear your thoughts and. uh what have uh, y'all talked MSG about? Tonight? Oh, MSD was rocking, though. MSD was rocking. Um, Cameron North and never fails. Although Baylor brought a crowd today, I was surprised they they competed. Um, but yeah, you know, I kind of, I kind of, uh, I kind of was say we kind of said it last time, or we maybe after last game we kind of talked about it. But Baylor's offense stinks. Like <laughs> that's not a good offense. So much of the game, I was, I, I was kind of disappointed. And the fact that we're getting beat on the glass. Um, I'm sure y'all talked about Flip, but uh, tonight was a little bit of a wake-up call for him because he's starting to get the um, the Armando Baycott slavery, where he goes up against bigs that are supremely athletic, more physical, and he's getting a little bullied. So, yep. you know, I think, I think in the second half he, he came, at least when he had mismatches on him, he did a good job of attacking um, but you know, otherwise, you know, like I said on Twitter, this is Jeremy Rose's team. Um, let's let's get an apology from Russ and Ryan, uh, both Jeremy Rose's biggest haters. Not only did I apologize on here, I tweeted it out that I apologize and tagged him in it because you know he does he doesn't have me blocked, so I can I can you can see my whoa, there we go. Yeah, yeah. I knew you're gonna, I knew you're gonna mention it at some point, um, but yeah, I mean. I, it doesn't make any sense from my end just because I've been praising Jeremy Roach. I've also, you know, never tweeted at him. So I guess I think Russ found a tweet maybe that uh, he did block me. It was about the backcourt tweet. Um, <laughs> that might have been it. That might have been that's it. The only, that's the only negative tweet I've ever tweeted that couldn't possibly include him. Um, it's probably the backcourt tweet um, when Tyrese Proctor said they have the best, best backcourt. And I brought it back on the timeline and said – it's, this is not true. <laughs> they're not top. They're not top fifteen right now. Uh, but it, it, Jeremy's been hoping, man. I respect it. Um, what what he's done, you know, he's got a lot of slack over the years, but he's really developing into the leader that we all need. Um, and yeah, I think you know this is his team. It's not Flip's team. It's not Tyrese's team. This is this is Jeremy Rose's team. 
I, he's not right. going to unblock you, dude. He's not going to unblock you. No, I don't need – I don't – see, that's the thing. That's the difference between me and everybody else on Twitter. I'm going to keep it 100 regardless. I don't owe anybody anything. I don't care who who, who uh, follows me, who doesn't. People naturally engage with me, you know. There are going to be people who disagree with what I say. It doesn't matter. I'm, it's an opinion at the end of the day. So, hey, man, he's going to block me at some point. I already know it, but, you know. Kudos to him if he it helped him play better. Isaac, oh, we're doing apologies then. We're, what about you with Ryan Young? Let's hear your Ryan Young take after tonight. I don't need no apologies for Ryan Young. What are you talking about? <laughs> what What are you talking about? If anybody has followed me, if anybody has followed this show, Ryan Young, I've always said, I will give him praise when he plays well. I will critique him when he plays bad. I gave him praise tonight. Give him plenty of praise tonight. You guys be killing him oh, more than me. God, here we go. <laughs> like, like, you guys will publicly kill him more than me. Me, any of my criticism that, you know, is unfiltered, that is for y'all and, you know, the people close to me. But <laughs> 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 in, terms of, in terms of this show, I have <laughs> never been disrespectful to Ryan Young. Um, <laughs> Oh my God! I've is, given yo Zion. Do you see the comments? No proof. I don't see any comments. I, I'm on my phone, so it says so. it says is Zion growing a beard or does his jacket have a fuzzy collar? I've been having a beard, bro. Come on, bro. Don't play with me. Um, <laughs> what was I talking about? Oh yeah, Ryan Young. I've been give, gave Ryan Young his flowers when he plays well, so I don't need any apology. I think I apologized after the second game, so you know I'm clear from that. Um, but you, I also need an apology from Russ, um, because I remember vividly, and everybody in the comment section, because y'all were I hot on me when already. I said, I tweeted my apology. I, I didn't see the tweet, so I need to see, I need to hear it. Oh, um, give me a break. That's your problem. Uh, nah, man. Baylor, I told y'all we were going to be Baylor. You put Zion in Madison Square Garden for two minutes, and all yeah. of a sudden he's talking so wild, man. It's unreal. It's nah, unreal. Nah, man. This is... This is my city, man. Yo, shout out to the people. Like, the, the, there are jelly people today. Uh, shout, I'm not cap. Oh, I'm not capping the level. What is my comments are calling you cap. out? Comments are calling you out, Zion. The, the, that's cap. Whatever you're saying is cap because I'm gonna keep it 100. But shout out to the person today, and the, the, there was a kid too. I'm sorry, I, I had my earphones in. Um, that just walked up to me, and you know, and they're like, "Oh, yo, you're Zion. Oh, love what you do." I appreciate those people the most because it makes me feel like a celebrity. Um, oh, my um, God. Ryan, Ryan, see, see, I was just about to say, I was just, I was just about to say, Ryan be hating on me. So, you know, um, it makes me feel warm inside when that goes up. Uh, but shout out to those people. Uh, can y'all put the comments up? Ryan, Ryan, Ryan can, can, you put, put, can you put the comments up? Because I can't see them. Like, up, do a better man. job of producing. They're up. The only one? The captain one is the last one. <laughs> Yo, I got one. Yeah, there's one that says Zion's nose is growing tonight. <laughs> oh my goodness! He's on some Pinocchio shit, bro. He's okay, on some Pinocchio the, shit. The only the only cap I had tonight on this show was Ryan Young. That I've never criticized Ryan Young. That's the only cap. Everyone, <laughs> everyone has criticized Ryan Young, but well, now I that's gave the second cap because you said it's the only one. What's the only cap? What's the other one? I don't know something. You're just talking <laughs> reckless, man. Come on. Yeah, now Jalen is right. Jalen is right. I and I apologized on Twitter, man. I was very concerned about what would happen to Duke without Proctor, 
And oh, you know, he did say that. I did. I was upset, man. I was upset. It was after a bad <laughs> loss. I was upset. What are you gonna do? Yeah. Nah, man. Yeah, I, I just didn't see it. I didn't see us losing this game too. We've lost too many of these big games at this point. We had to get one. I couldn't and have done the show if it took this L tonight, man. I couldn't have gone on here. I couldn't have. <laughs> oh, man. No, to be honest, during the, in the middle of the game, I was thinking, yo, dang, the show might be popping tonight if, uh, if we lose. <laughs> I was thinking the show, the show might be doing historic numbers if we lose again because we wouldn't have no – we would have zero quality wins. Zero quality wins. Yeah, the comments say you're getting too big. You're getting too big for Duke Twitter, Zion. That's what it says here. Never be too big for Duke Twitter, man. Duke Twitter, my home. You know, regardless of everything. You're so humble, Zion. You're so humble, man. (laughs) Regardless of how much Ryan can hate on me, and how much Russ, you know, can uh, instigate Ryan's hate, Duke Twitter is gonna be my home. I do. No, I do like instigating. That's true. You are. You are fine instigating. I'm, yeah, the spoon. James I'm the spoon, baby. I'm the I'm gonna spoon. I'm going to hop on here after the, uh, I'm going to hop on here after the uh, Syracuse game. But like, man, I was walking around Cameron Indoor Stadium and the amount of people that came up to me was like, yo, you're Ryan. Man, I love your content, man. I love everything. See, that's not even fair, though. That's not even fair, though, because Cameron is like home to all these people that are on Twitter. Like, this is MSG. No, no, not, no way. <laughs> not everybody is on Twitter yet. I did get a lot of those at the, the Barclays ACC tournament two, year, two years ago. Yeah, two years ago. But MSG is hard. That, that's a difficulty. Cameron's easy. Everybody knows you with Cameron. Because if you at Cameron, you're a Duke fan. For real. The odds are the odds are better. Sure, yeah, yeah. No, I'm just kidding anyways. I that'll be fun. I yeah. It uh what was uh what was your thoughts on uh on the late game situations there with young though? You didn't I I was giving you you crap for for the young hate, but uh, what were your thoughts on on how that game ended? I I mean, I think I think I was I was I was not mad at the Ryan Young minutes. I would say because number one, I've fully um given up on any Sean Stewart notion that he might ever enter the game again that's dead i'm not i'm not going to bring it up ever again i'm sorry it, it, you can just tell when it's dead it's dead at this point well, that's, that's kind of so. how i feel honestly my comments were so <laughs> my mentions were filled with it and i was just like call for it all you want dude but like it's it's not happening it's right dead. now clearly it, it's not happening it's done um because we're, we're posting january at this point and rotations will be solidified very soon and yeah. apparently, I guess it has to be something in practice. And I've heard whispers of it possibly be, being, oh, he doesn't remember the plays and whatnot. But it's not going to happen this year. You just got to pray. You just got to pray that he doesn't leave. But going back to Ryan Young, um, yeah, I wasn't mad at his minutes. I love the, the decisions he made on the pick and roll. Um, he did what we needed him to do because Flip was in foul trouble, a little shaky with those fouls. But. You know, I, I have yeah. nothing, no, no negatives for Ryan Young tonight. No negatives. Um, yeah, I mean, we we, but, yeah. we talked about before you got on here, Zion. I, you know, we talked about what what I've now dubbed the young yin and yang, right? Where in the first in the first eight uh, four minutes that Ryan Young played, he put up a minus eight. Those first two like stretches that he was in, he came in. Baylor immediately went on a a run, right? Like both times, just a, it immediately happened, and then. At the end of the game, he came in, 
And he was doing all the things that clearly are the reasons why John Shire wants to put him in there, right? He was boxing out well. He was making smart plays on offense. You know, and it's and it might just be one of those things that we're just going to have to, like, tolerate the rest of the season. Like, sometimes when Ryan Young's in there, you're going to be like, oh, my God, what are we? what is he doing in there? What are we doing? And then yeah. other times, the hustle and the grit and the intelligence – uh, and the strength are just going to like bear themselves out. And and it's just a coin flip as to when he enters the game, which one you're going to get <laughs> at the end of the day. <laughs> yeah, I, I mean, I was typically never surprised. I mean, the first half, I think he had his struggles. I'm pretty sure you, you already talked about it. But like, yeah, you know, ba- Baylor's a physical team, you know, and obviously yeah. Missy, I don't even know how to pronounce his last name. It looks like Missy. I'm going to say Missy. Um, he's a physical big. So, you know, the fact he, he was competing at points, um, was impressive to me. I will say though, the biggest play to me that whole game was um, they were about to get an offensive rebound. I think it was Missy um, and Jeremy Roach uh, created basically a turnover by causing the tie up on a rebound. Mm-hmm. That, that was, was the rebound turn- I was talking was turn- about, Ryan. That was the that was the yeah. rebound I was yeah. talking about earlier. That was the turning point of the game, and that just like yo, Jeremy Roach got heart, man. Respect to him because yeah, you know. Uh, this team has lacked a lot of heart, a lot of passion, I think, all all season. And that play, I think, kind of changed things, turned things around. Maybe could be a turn of fort for the season, but we'll see. Yeah. I was going to tweet. I didn't end up tweeting it because I didn't – it sounded like negative even, and we were winning, and so I didn't really want to do it. But Jeremy Roach is definitely the only guy this season – or the, or rather, I don't want to say the only guy again. I'm framing it negatively. He's the – no, fuck it. I'll say it. He's the only guy that has played with like energy, like consistently every play. He like he's always playing the way that he plays. Like you, you don't see him like take plays off. You don't see him uh, like pouting, <laughs> right? You don't see him uh, avoiding the physicality. Um, like it, if even when he's not playing well, or even when on defense he's kind of getting beat, it, it's rarely. It's you know, I won't even say rarely. It's never effort. He's always giving effort every single time. Uh, he's always setting the tone uh, every time. Whether everybody follows uh, depends on the game, I suppose. But um, yeah, he's just uh, obscenely valuable in that respect. And I mean, that's that's having a senior in, in a roster that's nothing but freshmen and sophomores, right? I mean, like that's that leadership has has been colossal so far this season. Yeah. Yeah. I, I saw I saw some takes on Twitter saying or just a question saying how do you fit Tyrese back into this team? Um I don't know what y'all watched, but to me I watched I still watched the bad offense today. <laughs> we had our we had our we had our uh, bright spots for sure and I think we had our stretches in the beginning of the game when we looked funct- uh, like a functioning offense. But there was still yeah. a lot. The offense still is ways to go. So I don't think putting Tyrese back into the fold is like a matter of us snapping what we've you know built. I don't think yeah. we've built much during the stretch. I think maybe last game we, we showed some signs. But it's not like I, I think we're putting him in and everything's collapsed. No, we still have a long way to go offensively. Yes, yeah, so we talked about this a little while you were gone. Um you know, basically the idea uh, of what is what do we do when Proctor gets back, like with the lineup? 
you know, do you put Foster back on the bench, even though he's been playing well? Do you bench Mitchell and play four guards and see how that works? Uh, John seemed reluctant to do that so far this season, but is it an option because McCain and Foster are both kind of balling right now? I mean, um, you know, w- w- what would you think we would do uh, going forward once Proctor returns? Yeah, the only reason I can't see four guards at this point is because Flip has, has kind of struggled protecting the rim. Um, you know, I think he's had his moments defensively. Um, but I I believe that he can anchor a paint with four guards around him. Um, so that would be my biggest concern, as well as rebounding would be my biggest concern with, with a smaller lineup. Um, but, you know, offensively, I'd love it. I'd love it. I'd love to see it. But it also takes away from our depth if we're starting four guards, I think, too. Because, you know, um, then your your main lineup is going to have four guards most of the game um, with nobody really coming off the bench to spell them. I guess you could stagger their minutes, but I'd still probably prefer Mark Mitchell. I still believe in Mark Mitchell, man. I, I do. I, I still believe in him because I saw him for a whole season. And I think he has more – Improvement, you know, obviously this seat uh, that, he, uh, that he can. I'm hoping he just reverts to, I guess, the norm. I don't even need to see him improve off the player. If we get the Mark Mitchell from last year, that's still works for us. But yeah, I feel like you were a long way from that though, right now. But I agree with yeah. you. I, I still have faith. Yeah, Russ, you don't well, think you? I don't think you have faith in Mark Mitchell from your uh, your looks. <laughs> Uh, no, I, I don't think his shooting is likely to change much this year. Um, I, I, I have faith that he can find his role and he, like when he's playing with energy and when he's like playing physically down there, I mean, he's such a net value add for us because we don't have anybody else that size who can play that way. Like it's kind of the same thing like with flip, like no matter how we feel about, you know, flips body language or like, uh, like individual stretches of flips play, the team falls off a cliff when flip is not in the game, like the offense and defense both. And so the same thing goes for Mark to some extent, like I I would rather, let me rephrase. I would expect that to be the case with Mark. It has not really been the case with Mark this year. Um, we've done all right when Mark's not in the game. We're better with him on the court. But, like, yeah, I I just don't know what I would do. I would like to try some other looks. I just want the team to be a little more creative with some of the looks that they're going to throw. I mean, uh, again, I, I sort of said on Twitter when Ryan Young wasn't playing well, I don't know why we wouldn't even consider the option of, like, doing some Mitchell at the five looks, like, just, just to see what it looks like, just to try, you know? Yeah. Like, give it a few minutes and see – uh, or, or again, I look, I'm not going to say anything about Sean Stewart, but like throwing, throwing like just a, a couple plays here and there just to see how options look. You've talked about this before, Zion, like it doesn't hurt. Like it really doesn't hurt that much. And especially when I was tweeting this at that point, Brian Young had played four minutes and he was a minus eight. I mean, like you can't do much worse than those four minutes. And then he obviously had a tremendous last four minutes. But, like, you know, I, I I would just like to see some creativity. And and that goes back to your offense point. I think a lot of how we won the game was Jeremy Roach just creating, uh, Caleb Foster creating. We did in the first 12 minutes do some 
see some offense, some real offense. It was great. Um, and I think it just kind of ran out of steam, especially when we had to bench flip with the fouls. Whenever Ryan Young's in the game, and this is true at the end of the game too, the offense is basically give the ball to Roach, do something. Give the ball to Foster, do something. Everyone stand around and see what they do. Um, Young set a screen, and then nobody guards the screen, and then we see what happens. So, uh, yeah, I just want some creativity, either direction. Mitchell in the pick and roll with Roach. They were doing with the short roll in the Charlotte game and the Hofstra game. He was in the short roll, and Flip was in the corner where Mitchell had been standing all season, and no one was guarding him. And then when Flip was on the perimeter, people were actually guarding him. Baylor didn't guard him at all today out there, but um, – but he's a better option on the perimeter as that spacer than than Mark is. Oh, wait, so with your Mark at the five lineup, who are you putting at the four? PJ? Because yeah. you, can't, you can't it gets leaving out Sean Stewart well, no, because no, that's not happening. I, I agree. I, I think that you are playing. I think you're playing smaller. I think you're if you've got Mark at the five, you're trying to run. Um, you know, you're not trying to play half court. You're, you're just trying to, like, do as much transition, pressure, chaos as possible. You could definitely go four guards. You could even have Jalen Blakes be one of those guards. He has been playing well. Uh, TJ has acquitted himself decently in some of those pressure lineups. You just cannot put him in a situation where he has to guard in the half court. Like, TJ can't do that right now. So, um, just – but, like, trying any of them is the real answer. Like, just, just see what happens. Like – Try something new. The, the minutes when Flip is not on the court all season have been bad, like basically across the board, with a couple of ex tiny exceptions here and there, today being one of those exceptions for those last couple of minutes. So we just have to come up with solutions to that. Like, And I don't, I don't know what they are at present, but I would love to see something spicy, Yeah, you know? Yeah, something to change up a little bit. Uh, Zion, somebody asked if you had any insight or any of us had any insight as to why Stewart's not playing, if there's anything behind the scenes. I don't. I think the answer is no. It's just he's not being played. Yeah. I'm, I mean, the whispers I've heard is plays, like not knowing plays. But, uh, I mean, I feel like that's probably a reason to keep him off the floor if you're a coach. I mean, but at the same time, I just feel like he's a, he brings, just brings a dynamic we don't have. And he's just such a freak athlete, like – I don't see what's wrong with playing in five or seven minutes, but I, I, I don't even want to talk about that because, you know, I already said that's dead. It's dead. He's not going to play. Yeah. He's not going to play. It's done. Yeah. It's cool. It's cool. We just beat it dead at this point. Um, all right. We've yeah. been going for a little over an hour. Uh, any last thoughts to wrap it up? Um, what's our next game? The 30th, I believe. 10 days. Hey. Last, last, last game yeah. of 2023. And who's our first ACC game Syracuse. post? Uh, but Tim Cameron uh, Ryan will be there. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Big Ryan, big Ryan. Don't give us bad luck, bro. If we lose that game, you'll never be able to allow uh, be allowed in Cameron again, brother. Sure. Sorry. Um, I want to <laughs> just give a quick shout-out to Jalen Blakes. Um, you know, he's given us such good minutes <laughs> like and i also just love watching him play i love that prototype you know the jordan goldwire prototype like those sorts of dudes that are at like 110 percent every single moment that they're on the court uh and sometimes it means it's a little chaotic and out of control and wild but like 
he also like gets in the he gets in those guys' heads, man. Like there was that one possession where like they were just throwing the ball in and Jalen Blake's like tapped it out of bounds so they couldn't throw it in. And then Jalen Blake's like turns to the crowd and starts like applauding and like doing this, like after just tapping it out. I was like, God damn, Jalen Blake's is like is here, man. Like I thought Jalen Blake's was gonna start screaming like this is my city, like after like deflections and shit. Be, that would be crazy. I would jump down from the stands and loved it. tackle him myself. It. I need. I he's the he's the only other guy who never has taken a single playoff so far this season, for better and for worse. But I absolutely I love what he brings, and in December he's been so so good. I I, I do got a question for y'all before we go. An honest question. Be very honest. Very honest. Don't 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 no pull no punches. Are you enjoying no. watching this team right now? No, I, I, like, 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 I, like, I did today. I did today. Yeah, today, today was much better. There was, there was still some frustrating, like, head-scratching Second times half. where, like, the offense is still stagnant running and standing around and stuff. But, like, up until tonight, like, it, the team didn't look very competent. Like, they even wanted to be there. So, as a fan, it's not super fun to watch. But I'm hoping we get this team going forward because – They've shown themselves they play like this. They, they have a chance to, to do good things. So. Zion muted. I can't hear. I can't hear Ryan right now. There we go. Ryan, re-say what you were saying. I was just saying, uh, basically, the team still was stagnant in in parts of this game as far as the offensive side goes. They at times the body language wasn't great, and they didn't look like they're having fun, kind of like they were in, in previous games. But there was also some times tonight where they looked the opposite. McCain and stuff was getting emotional. Roach was playing really well and and getting emotional. Um, so as far as like watching them goes, they tonight was way more fun than I've had. Uh, maybe uh, that uh, Arizona game was probably the last time I remember like watching a game. Like, wow, these guys are like, like this is fun to watch. It was a good game. And so uh, up until tonight, probably not. But now going forward, I have hope to be excited and and, and have fun watching them uh, play. I've enjoyed the last three games. I enjoyed. Um, I, I tell you what, I've enjoyed it a lot more than like that that LaSalle and Southern Indiana run. I mean, like we, we knew with the Arizona game that we could play with the best. Um, you know, we could have won that game. We, we were right in the thick of it. Um, so I still think even with, you know, my squabbles about what I prefer more off-ball movement, but I prefer some, you know, maybe more creative looks. The talent's there, you know, uh, again, in texting with Jim earlier today, uh, and I was worried about with Proctor not playing, he was like, how many five-star talents does John Shire need to win a game like this? And I was like, I mean, that's a it's a fair question. I do think sometimes it's just out-talenting the other team. Yeah. Um, but, you know, that, that could also work pretty well. <laughs> At the end of the day, we could out-talent teams and just uh, get away with it for a lot of these games. Yeah. Um, I don't know. I'd like to see him turn the corner. And, and again, I know that Flip – the one last thing I'll say is Flip's body language thing – my mentions were brutal against Flip, like brutal against Flip all game long. Like you know what you know what Flip did today? He did thirteen points, ten rebounds, four assists, three steals. You know, in an eight point win, you know, against a, a team that's top sixteen net. His plus minus is you know six. Again, it's not like the most brilliant game that he's played or whatever, but like the team is just. The team is so much better when he's on. And even when he's in, like, I'm not happy flip mode, <laughs> like, he's like, we're still better with him. We're still better with him. Like, you know, I, 
Like if he can be pouty all game, if you uh, like in terms of his body language, as long as when he's playing the game, he's putting up double doubles. He's impacting the game on both ends. His assist numbers are way up. His steals, the steal rate when flips on the floor is way, way higher than when he's not on the floor. I mean, like he, he, he uses his body really well. He's not a great like pure rim protector, but like teams can't score in the, like, I think, I think the stat I saw was like teams at the rim finish above average against Duke. But teams like trying to shoot in the paint shoot way, way, way below average against Duke. And I feel like that kind of tracks with how Flip defends, right? He's not a guy who's going to meet you at the top necessarily, but he is a guy who knows how to use just his sheer size to intimidate. And I think that that's really valuable too. So, like, I, I think the, the, I had 40 fucking comments today during the game about, Oh, flip, flip, flip. Sorry, we're never gonna do anything. Flip, sorry. Flip's gonna be a first team All American this year. Like he is. I I genuinely believe it. So people need to get off that nonsense, in my opinion. Yeah, Zion, how about Zion, you? Finish it off. I, I was, I, I was, yeah, yeah. Flip, I I've noticed that um, there is a body language thing. Uh, I think I th- I thought initially people were overanalyzing it, but. Just watching the game today, I was watching it a lot. It is like a not a concern, but it's like hmm, like it makes me think. Um, but yeah, I wouldn't I wouldn't play into it. Maybe like people are just like players yeah. are different. Um, you know, you just got you just got hope it doesn't affect the team or affect you know affect this play or let it get to his head. You know, people can be passionate with you know it and not affecting their play. Um, but as for the question I asked, I think. Um, I'm not I, the only question, reason I asked that because even with the teams we've watched in the past, like we look at the Palo team, I still find that team entertaining even the games we lost. Like I was still, you know, we lose a game and I, I still be hyped up for the next game. You know, I'm still hyped up obviously because it's Duke, but my entertainment from the team has been severely low at this point. Um, so that was just why I asked it. Um, I hope it gets better. But I don't think we just play clean basketball, you know, Duke brand of basketball. And we don't have, obviously, that top five talent that just yeah. takes over a game. So, you know, maybe we'll get there at the end of the season. But yeah, I, I, wonder, I wonder in that respect, Zion, like how, uh, the degree to which we don't have like NBA stars on this team impacting that. Because we're not getting a lot of home run plays or like like super wild plays on this team not a lot of highlight real plays with this team yeah whereas like that that paolo team i mean there there were what four nba rotation players on that team you know like you could make big time highlight real plays with the lobs and the athleticism there and and this team just doesn't really have that and so you're not gonna get that pop that you're looking for that gets you to jump off the couch you know yeah i think this is the first team in a while that like certainly uh, like I think there's only two guys on here that are that are likely to be first rounders this year. Certainly, um, I mean, maybe maybe in the future somebody like Foster will climb up there, or if McCain just like shoots fifty percent from three, maybe like someone would take the flyer on him late first. But like, yeah, I, I, I kind of chalk some of that up to that, and and that I think that goes back to the offensive concerns too. We've talked about before the team's propensity to just like give the ball to the talented guy and say, go. Um, if we don't have the guy who is like an otherworldly all-star level talent, then you can't run that all the time. You have to have plays. You have to have 
off ball movement. You have to have the other stuff. So like that, that Paolo team definitely ran a lot of this same offense. Like to be clear, <laughs> it definitely did. It was just, it was just pretty sweet watching, you know, uh, those guys get to do, you know, just lob, lob up a bailout to Mark Williams, maybe, you know, who knows, or uh, Paolo can do whatever or kick it out to AJ and he's going to hit 50% from three. And, you know, like, that shit was fun. It was fun. Me, I, I agree that that was more fun, but I I did like most of the game today. I thought to, I thought today showed a lot of promise. Yeah. All right, gentlemen, been well over an hour. Uh, Zion, hope you enjoyed the game. Thanks for joining us, uh, everybody out there. Uh, like, comment, subscribe. Leave a comment. Uh, leave a review uh, for our podcast, folks. Uh, that's been that's been going off lately, so we appreciate that. Um, and yeah, uh, code crazy C A R C R A Z I E for home field and learn how to spell Ryan. This is a Duke podcast. Come on, think about it for a second, man. I am I am tired over here, so I had just trying to think about how you spell crazy. Uh, anyways, appreciate everybody. Have a great night. We'll be back in, uh, in ACC play. Enjoy the holidays. Merry Christmas. Happy holidays. Whatever you celebrate. We Thumbs up this YouTube baby. Thumbs up it. Sweet. Appreciate y'all.